0: Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word.
1: Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 64386541, email at steverwood zero zero two at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List twenty twenty at Gmail oh, yeah. These are
2: the days of Elijah the word of the Lord, and these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And these are the days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sore.
0: I think most of our announcements need to be tied in with our prayer concerns. Um, I don't know of any other announcements that we need to make, and uh, we'll get to our uh, prayer concerns in just a moment. But uh, uh, Steve Hudson, I'm going to ask him to come and uh, lead us in our opening prayer, and uh, uh, we'll get things going, and after that we'll have our prayer concerns. Uh Frank will come and give us those. Steve, come and lead us in practice. <coughs> Father in heaven, we're thankful for this day that You've spared our life again and protected us from all the things that's going on in the world. We ask that You would help us to understand how You want us to live and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Alright. Uh, Frank. You want to update us on our uh, prayer concerns this morning and let us know what's going on. Morning, everyone. Morning. As you know, Linda, she's back in the States. She's supposed to have some testing done the 5th. That's, I think, has postponed a little bit. She's got some more testing. There's, There's obviously something else going on with her. So she definitely needs your prayers. And her husband, too, obviously. And Will. Will and Joni, Will seems to be getting better. Um, not really sure what's going on there, but I'm hoping, i hoping for the and praying for the best for him. Uh, they're they're going on with their ministry work and everything's going basically like normal. But yeah, he's getting his strength back. The testing's still not done. He still not be out, might not be out of the woods yet. But it, it's it's on a positive note, so that's praise God for that. Other than that, does anybody have anything else? Any prayer concerns or anything that, that we can put on the list? All right, thank you. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> we do need to uh, continue to remember uh, Will and Joni as they, they're they going to be moving this. Wanda, is it this next week? Is that what Joni said?
2: Uh, going to the yeah. They went to that
0: yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Yeah, I, know. I know. Yeah. They, uh, so they moved to St. Petersburg yesterday, and uh, uh, they will be looking at moving to Bradenton in the near future. So anyway, uh, continue them uh, in your prayers, and we're going to hope that uh, all the tests come out good and and uh, it won't be as bad as what we were afraid it was going to be. Alright, um, let's go ahead and... and uh, Continue our song service, and you can't sit down on this next song. It's called Standing on the Promises.
3: Standing on the Promises of Christ my King Through eternal ages let His praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God My Savior, standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises I cannot fall Listening every moment to the Spirit's call Resting in my Savior as my all in all Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of Christ my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of
2: God.
0: Amen. You may be seated. You know, I think I've been singing that all of my life. That song. I know we uh, sang that in the church I grew up in. So... Most of my life I've known that song. Alright, uh, this morning I hope you got the email about what we're going to be looking at today. And um, So we ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. And we'll be reading verses 7 through 18 in just a moment. Our thoughts today as we continue our look at the life of Abraham is him moving towards maturity maturity and hopefully as we look at some of these things it will be helpful to us as well as we think about our lives now I don't think any of us are going to be asked to do what Abraham was asked to do here but God does ask us to do certain things in our lives as well. It says in Genesis 15, beginning with verse 7, The Lord also said to him, I am Yahweh, who brought you from Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to possess. But he said, Lord God, how can I know that I will possess it? He said to him, Bring me a three year old cow, a three year old female goat, a three year old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So he brought all of these to him, split them down the middle, and laid the pieces opposite each other, but he did not cut up the birds. Birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and suddenly great terror and darkness descended on him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know this for certain, your offspring will be foreigners in a land that does not belong to them. They will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. However, I will judge the nation they serve. And afterward, they will go out with many possessions. But you will go to your fathers in peace. And be buried at a ripe old age. In the fourth generation, they will return here for the iniquity of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and it was dark, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch appeared and passed between the divided animals. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, I give you this land to your offspring, from the brook of Egypt to the Euphrates River. Let us pray. Father in heaven, again we approach your throne. We thank you for the opportunity to open your word, to read the things that you've done in the past. How you have instructed Abraham how he understood those teachings that you gave and the things that you blessed him with. And Father, I pray that today we will understand things that you're doing in our lives that are for our good, that are for our benefit, and that we might rely upon you the way Abraham did and allow you to instruct us and use us in your cause and kingdom. I pray your blessings on each one that's here today, and help us to truly understand what you're teaching us, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, um, Frank, if you would, uh, hey, we got it up real quick today. I forgot my magic pointer, so I'm going to have to use the old-fashioned type today, <laughs> but anyway... Abraham is in still in the area of Hebron, right here. He has journeyed different places, of course gone down to Egypt as well, but as he's in Hebron, some things have happened, and we'll talk more about that as we get through the things that we're looking at today. But God had said to Abraham, That he was going to give him the land from the Euphrates River here all the way down to the Brook of Egypt, which is about right here. You don't see it on this map, but it's about right here. So all of that land was given to the Israelites as they came out of the land of Egypt. This was what they were to take possession of. We know they didn't fulfill all of that, did they? They never did possess, even under Solomon, when they had their greatest extent of territory, they never did have all of it that God had promised them. But that gives you some idea of what God is talking about here, And the land that he's given to Abraham's descendants. Now he gave it to Abraham. But it wasn't for him to take possession of, was it? It was for his descendants. Now our message last Sunday was about the word of God that came to Abraham concerning his future. Today's message is about Abraham's future as well, but more than that, isn't it? But last Sunday, God reassured Abraham of his divine protection and his comfort. That's enlarged in today's revelation from God and what he received from God in this particular message But God had told him that he shouldn't be anxious about what his future would be because it's under the care, the protection, and the operation of God's sovereignty and his omnipotence. Now again today we're looking at some of the same things because Abraham had lived a few more years. When we come to today's message. And still some of the things that Abraham had been promised had not been fulfilled. Do you know what the number one thing is? He, what was it? A son. Yeah. He hasn't had a son. He hasn't even had a daughter, has he? He hasn't had any children. He hasn't had a son. And this was the main thing that Abraham was looking forward to. But the message last week reminds us of what Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 tells us. That says this, I have a plan for you, a plan to give you a future, and a plan to prosper you. Was that true in Jeremiah's day? Was it true in Abraham's day? Is it true in our day? It is. And some of the things that God is revealing to Abraham here today can help us understand more about what He's giving to us and what He wants us to trust Him with. So this means that God has already determined the future of Abraham as we come to today's thoughts for those that lived in Jeremiah's time and for us today. We need to trust him. We need to see that through his divine foreknowledge And understanding. He is in charge of things. He is guiding. He is leading. And when we fully entrust our lives to God. And have total confidence in Him. And we obey Him. He has a wonderful future for us. And nothing in the present can ever change this wonderful plan that God has for us. Now this morning, we're still following this story of Abraham's life. And our passage today deals with a matter of Abraham's faith. Here we see him moving toward maturity. Moving toward maturity. That's the name of my message today. And hopefully, as we think about this, we can reference that this is what faith is all about. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 describes faith. It says, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now we could talk a long time about that this morning because Abraham did not see God's promise yet, did he? But he had evidence. And God is giving him more evidence. Can you see that? In the things that we read about today and we'll discuss more about this offering that Abraham was commanded to give in just a moment. But in this, he was able to see God's faithfulness. He was able to see what God was doing and he was able to understand more about God as this took place. One of the things someone said about faith is that faith is a muscle. The more you exercise it, the bigger and stronger it becomes. Well I' never heard that before, had you? <laughs> but I think he's right. The more we exercise faith, the stronger that faith becomes. That faith becomes bigger in our lives. More important, could I say it that way? in our lives. As we trust God. And that's why God leads us through difficult places sometimes. Life's not easy. Most of the time. Certainly not easy all the time, is it? And so whatever the difficulties are that you're going through right now. God is designing those and by the way He's going with you through those things to help you become stronger, to help you become more mature, to help you be the kind of person He wants you to be and me to be. He's helping us to grow in our faith. So, let's think a little more Today, about what God is doing in the life of Abraham. Now, think about the past. Think about where Abraham has come from. God reminds us of it, uh, reminds him of some of it in this particular passage. He had brought him from Ur of the Chaldeans. He had heard God's voice. God had told him to leave and he did. Now would we say that that's an exercise of faith on Abraham's part to leave his country land, to leave his family and go to the land God promised him? Yeah. And then we know through the reading of the scriptures that he had parted company with his nephew Lot. We didn't talk a lot about that as those verses were given, but, but Lot's herdsmen and Abraham's herdsman didn't get along. They both wanted the same grazing land. And so it came to the point where they just couldn't exist together any longer. It wasn't that Abraham and Lot were necessarily having the problem. It was their servants. And so Abraham offered to Lot, you remember, the choice about where to go. And Lot chose the fertile land of the valley. The green fields, so to speak. And they part company. And then something happened to Lot While he was in Sodom. He made his journey towards Sodom. The Bible tells us. And then we find him existing. Or living in the city of Sodom itself. Not a good situation. Not a good thing. And while he's living in Sodom. The king of the east. That I mentioned last week. in my message. Had come and taken possession of all of that land and all the peoples there and he carried away Lot and his family into captivity. Abraham is told about that and he gathers his army. Remember again, we talked about that last week, the number of them and so forth. But he goes and rescues Lot. This is in the past. This is something that Abraham has done. And then we find that Abraham is coming to God because he still hasn't received the promise of a son. God has some greater tests for Abraham in the future than what he's gone through in the past, even though he's gone through all of these. Again, God wants to move Abraham toward maturity. But it's also true for us today. The things that we're going through, And certainly it's much different than the things that Abraham went through, but the things that we're going through, the things that are happening in our lives, the things that we've gone through in the past, the things that are happening right now, and even the things that are going to happen in the future that we don't know about, are all things to mature us. All things to increase our faith. And this is the thing I think that we need to see about Abraham more than anything else in this message today, in these scriptures today. He wants us to realize and he wants us to consider that he is doing these things in our lives to grow us, to help us mature. How will God do that? Well, it's different for each one of us. Different for you than what it is for me. He may use some of the same things and does very often, but there's different things that are going to happen in your life than what happened to mine. And these things that God allows to happen, these things that are there in our lives can mature us. Abraham matured in his faith by three things. First of all, is God's reminder. We're going to look more at this in just a moment. But there's three things: God's reminder, God's requirement, and God's revelation. And remember those thoughts as we continue. As we notice, this section opens with God reminding Abraham about some things. We need to be reminded about some things. We need to remember what's happened to us. We need to remember how God has led us in the past, how he's blessed us in the past, how we've gone through trouble in the past, and God has been there with us. And as we think about those things, those things are going to help us in our present day, in what we're facing. So God reminds us of things in our lives. Verse 7 says, I am Yahweh, who brought you from Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to possess. Remember, Abraham? I did that for you. I brought you I helped you come from that land to where you are right now. There's actually three things that God reminds Abraham of. He reminds him of his person. He reminds him of his ability. And he reminds him of his plan. First of all, who God is. Notice he says, I'm Yahweh. Or that could be translated Jehovah. Or some translations say Lord. But the meaning of that word is the self-existing one. The self-existing one. God exists without any help from anybody or anything else. Can we grasp that? Do we need help in our existence? Yes, we do. We're not self-existent, are we? But God is. And that's what that word means. And so, God is simply reminding Abraham that He's the one who controls events of life. He's the God who was here before anything was. Am I right? I mean, you know, we think about the time before the creation. God is forever and ever in the past. Now that's hard for me to get my mind around. Everything I know about has a beginning. Even this world, right? Sometime or another, this world was created. God did it. But it had a beginning. Think about this building. Well, we don't have to think very long about that to know that it had a starting place somewhere. Somewhere, somebody laid a foundation, and somebody began to put up walls, and somebody put a roof on the third floor, (laughs) and second floor, a beginning. You and I have a beginning. Mine was January the 29th, 1945. At a certain time of day, I don't remember what mom said (laughs) that time of day was. I think it was in the afternoon. You had a beginning sometime. And we give that on papers a lot of times when we're filling them out, don't we? Your beginning. God was before the beginning. Now, here's the thing that I think. Now, this is Steve theology, so you don't have to take this home with you. But I think that God did things prior to Him making the earth. It just makes sense to me. The self-existing one, He existed in that time period that we would say time period. He doesn't have any time. He existed then. And He had to have been doing something what did He do? I don't know. I have no idea. The earth was not created. The heavens and the earth were not created. The sun, the moon, and the stars were not created. But He was doing something, of it. He wasn't. But here's the thing. He not only created and He was the beginning He controls all things. He's the one that holds the earth in place as it revolves around the sun. He did that that and he does that. Now I know it's a gravitational force that's there, but who created that gravitational force? We don't need to get into all that, but you understand what I'm saying. He is keeping things in order. He is doing. He is acting. He is performing. And as he does these things in the present, as he's dealing with Abraham and his faith, He needs us to look around us and see that God is in control. God is doing these things. And we'll see a little more about how he shows his control in just a moment. But, Abraham, I've got your future. Isn't this what he's saying? Notice that God is saying he has the ability to do these things. We need a reminder of his ability. Last Sunday, I said that believers are serving the God of the has done. Do you remember me saying that? It means that whatever will happen to the life of the believer has already been determined by the all-seeing eye of God. Now, do I understand that? No. I don't. But I believe it. I trust Him. I know that God is not only in control today, He's in control control tomorrow. And He's going to see His plan work out. People before the day that Jesus came and died on the cross were wondering, where's the promise? Much like Abraham was wondering where his promise was, right? Right? But then God fulfilled that promise. We're able to look back in the New Testament and see Jesus Christ come in the form of a man. We can see Him live a sinless life. We can see Him die on the cross for our sins. We can see Him raised on the third day for our justification. And we can see Him ascending back to the Father. This all happened. As God had promised us, it would. You see, all of these things that He's doing is to bless us. Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good to them that love God, to those that are called according to His purpose. That verse, all things work together for good. God is doing it for your good, for my good. And God says to Abraham, I am Yahweh who brought you from earth. I did that, Abraham. You didn't do it on your own. I did it. And here God is reminding Abraham that where he is today is a result of God's sovereign will. Of what God wanted. And just as he put that into play in Abraham's life, And it came to a reality for Abraham that he was there in the land that God had for him to have for his descendants. He had brought him to that place. This gives us the assurance that whatever we have, wherever we are right now, are the products of the Lord's work in our lives. Where you are right now, Panama, is a result of God's work in your life. Now, let us notice his plan. That is, what's God going to do? He said, I am Yahweh, who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans, to give you this land. To possess, what he's going to do, he's going to give Abraham this land to possess. God reminds Abraham about his purpose of bringing him from where he was to where he is right now. What's God's purpose for us in bringing us from where we are? are I mean, from where we where we were and to the place where we are right now. What's God's purpose in doing that? For Abraham, he had taken this childless man in his 70s. Remember, he was 75 years old when he left earth. And now he's... In his mid or late 80's. Still childless. And he brought him to become the possessor of this land where he was. And his descendants. That he had already told Abraham that were going to be more than the sands of the sea. And reminded him that if an individual could count the sands of the sea, they could count his descendants. But as yet, he had none. So let me say this. God calls you to become His own. Because He has a wonderful plan and a purpose for you just like He did Abraham. Now why does God use this to remind His people, like He did Abraham, about His person and His works? Because moving toward maturity requires constant recollection of the truths of who God is and what He's doing in our life. Now think about that for a moment. We need to remember who God is and what He's doing in our lives. You know, people have a tendency to forget, don't they? We have a tendency to let things slip. The older I get, the more I realize that. (laughs) But we have a future in His all-powerful hand. So we should not fear what's ahead. The Bible says we should not fear what man can do to us. Do you remember that verse? We should not fear the future. We should not fear what's ahead. God is in control. He has it in His hand. And we increase our faith When we center our minds on the greatness of God. Now let us notice God's requirement. After giving these important reminders to Abraham, He required him to do something that may seem very unusual to you. Very strange in verse 10. Look back at that. We'll read a couple of verses in just a moment. But actually the the demand was made in response to Abraham's question. His honest inquiry of God. As to how the promises of God are going to be fulfilled. He was looking at his life. He was looking at Sarah's life how are you going to do this, God? It was almost like he he was saying, uh, God, I I know you're all-powerful, but this is something impossible. Isn't this what you're getting that Abraham might be saying to God? How is God going to fulfill that? And this serves as a challenge to Abraham's faith. His faith in God. Actually, there was three things that challenged his faith. The requirement of a strange sacrifice we'll look more at in just a moment. The requirement that as he prepared that sacrifice, birds of prey came forth. That was all part of what God was doing here. And then, the thing that happened, God delayed His coming. He didn't come at a time that Abraham thought He would come. Does that sound familiar for us today? (laughs) Are we looking for a coming of God? Has it not happened the way we thought it would? I knew when I was growing up. I had preacher after preacher after preacher that would stand in the pulpit in the little Baptist church where I grew up telling me that Jesus was going to come again. And almost all of them would say he's probably going to come in your lifetime. he's going to come in my lifetime. Now all of these preachers that preached, I think all of them, are dead. He didn't come during their lifetime. Now I'm getting old and He hasn't come in mine. Will He come in mine? I don't know. <laughs> we see the signs of the time, don't we George? It, it looks like it's going to be soon. I really think it's going to be soon. I really think He's
4: going to come before any one of us ever die.
0: But He may not. We don't know when death is going to come to us, do we? Alright, let's look at these things, that these strange things that were happening right now in Abraham's life. Abraham was to prepare a sacrifice. Now one of the things that we see in Abraham's life was that he had a lot of servants. He had a lot of help. He had a lot of people around him. They did things for him. If he prepared a meal for three individuals that came to see him, Abraham didn't prepare them, and neither did Sarah prepare them. He had servants that did that. They killed the animals. They uh, drained the blood. They cooked the meat. They prepared the vegetables. Whatever they had, it was done for him. Now saying this, To say that as this sacrifice was given, Abraham did it alone. It was his job. It wasn't an easy task. When God requires something of us, it may require some hard work to see it done. And the hard work done on our part. Commitment must not be cheap. If it's something that is pleasing to God, we have to work at it. And remember this, the great things of God, even though they don't come easy, are a blessing when they are fulfilled. We may not understand why we're doing what we're doing. I don't know that Abraham really understood why he's doing what he's doing in that sacrifice. But he paid the price. He did it. Commitment is not for the lazy. God's best are reserved for those who are willing to pay that price. And He wants to help us be better at what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be a holy people, are we not? We're supposed to be a praying people. We're supposed to be obedient people. We're supposed to be separated people. We're to be servants of the Most High God. And he wants us to work at doing that. Now Abraham completed the sacrifice. He was there. But notice the presence of the birds of prey. Now that might be insignificant. But I don't think it was. As Abraham waited for God, and God didn't show up. Do you see that? The sacrifice was out there. The sacrifice was ready, But God didn't come. And as these birds of prey come, Abraham had to drive them away. Now at times, God allows predators to try to consume our offerings to God. When our faith is tested, it's not easy to see your labor of love for God being devoured by the enemy. But that's what the enemy wants to do. Our enemy, Satan, wants to keep us from being a blessing to God. Keep us from being the servant of God that God has asked us to be. But don't worry. The work that we do for God is never wasted. Never. The enemy's going to come and he's going to try to hinder us and keep us from being our best, from doing our best, from presenting our best. But maybe the sacrifice here refers to our life and not our things. Satan really would like to devour our lives to keep us from being that committed person that God is asking us to be. He's the devourer. And yes, there are times that we feel like that He's getting the best of us. That He is in control. but He's not. And all we need to do is turn to the Lord and ask Him to take care of our enemy. He's already done it on the cross, but we have to ask Him to do it in our individual lives on a daily basis. And then, the delay of God's coming. The sacrifice is there. It's prepared. It's ready. And God didn't come. He didn't show up. It's getting dark. Remember, Abraham falls asleep. He had a terrible nightmare, we might say. Someone has said that the greatest trial of faith is the silence of God. How many times have you prayed for something to happen, something to be done, and it doesn't happen? It doesn't occur. And we pray and we pray and we pray and, and we don't see the answer. This is a testing of our faith, isn't it? He wants us to continue to depend on Him. Remember Samuel? Samuel? Had told Saul that he was going to come and he was going to offer a sacrifice to God before Saul went to battle. You remember that time? And Samuel delayed, he didn't show up. And Saul waited and waited and waited, and he was anxious. He wanted to get into the battle, he wanted to go. And so Saul said, well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to offer the sacrifice myself. Was Samuel pleased with that? Was Saul right in offering that sacrifice? No, he didn't have the authority to do that, did he? So sometimes we want to hurry God up. Am I right?
4: And if God doesn't do it, we want to do it
0: ourselves. And we can't see how it's going to be done unless we do something. Right? When you cry in pain, there's no response from heaven. And as I said before, I think this is our greatest trial of faith. When we see something that needs to be done. Now think about it. When I talked about Saul and Samuel, the offering needed to be made. Samuel had told Saul, I'll come and offer a sacrifice. I'll do it. And you remember after Saul offered that sacrifice, Samuel did show up. Now, thankfully, Abraham didn't try to do something in God's place. He waited. And he's to be commended for that. It got dark. Surely the sacrifice needed to be made before dark fell. No, not in God's plan. In fact, dark needed to be there. In order for Abraham to see God doing what he did. Again, this is something that might seem strange on our part. But he waited patiently, and God showed up. And we see him there with the fire pot and the torch and they pass through the sacrifice this is a revelation to abraham that god himself was the one to offer the sacrifice now this tells us something about future too doesn't it is god going to offer a sacrifice in the future yes It's going to be his son on the cross. But here, Abraham waited on God and God showed up and back in that day and time it was customary for a covenant to be sealed by cutting animals in two, separating them, putting one on each side of a path and one on the other, one half on one side and one half on the other. You understand the picture here, and the two then would walk between the sacrifices. Well, Abraham didn't walk with God through the sacrifice. God alone is needed to keep the promise of the covenant that he's making with Abraham. This is the sign of the covenant here in that particular day. And God is going to keep it. Abraham doesn't have anything to say in the keeping of this covenant. It doesn't make any difference what Abraham does, what his descendants do. God is going to keep this covenant because He's the all-powerful God that's going to bring it to pass. Jesus was going to come regardless of what people did or didn't do. And we need to see that Jesus is going to come again regardless of what we do or we don't do. We need to be busy serving Him while there's time and opportunity. So the revelation of God in this passage shows us that God is responsible for doing this. Let us read that part one more time beginning with verse 9. He said to him, Bring me a three-year-old cow, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So he brought all of these to him, split them down the middle, and laid the pieces opposite each other, but he did not cut up the birds. So, this strange sacrifice that Abraham was required to bring, was showing God fulfilling the things that he was promising Abraham without Abraham's help. God is responsible for the future. Whether I help him or whether I don't. I'd like to end this message this morning with a question. How is your faith today? Has it matured? Is it growing? Is it what God wants it to do? What God is looking for is for an individual who has trusted Him as their personal Savior to be committed to serving Him Regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what's happening in your life. And when we do that, He can grow us, He can help us mature. But God has to use a person of faith, it has to be an individual who has trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Have you done that? Have you trusted Him? Is He your Savior? If He's not, I would like to take this morning and show you from the Word of God what you need to do that you might have His salvation, that you might be His child. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 says, Look, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. God has given you this moment. He's given you this time. He's brought you to this place. And if you're not saved, if you haven't trusted Him right now, is the moment that God is giving you to do that. Let us stand together. And our final hymn today is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Would you come as we sing?
4: All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often fall pain we bear All because we do not carry Everything to God in prayer Heavy trials and temptations Is there trouble anyway? be discouraged take it to the Lord in prayer can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share Jesus knows our everywhere to the Lord in prayer Are we weak and heavy laden Comfort with a load of care Precious Savior still our refuge Take Do your friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms, he'll take and shield you. We will find a solace there. Find us so lays there
0: thank you guys thank you for being here this morning bob would you come and lead us in our closing prayer place our heavenly father we thank you that we can come to your house worship you study your word we ask blessings and healing power for those members of the church that have sickness and illness. We ask that as we go forth this next week that uh, we follow your will in our lives. We witness to others. Guide and direct us in all that we do. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood Pastor, phone or message at six four three eight six five four one. Email at Steve R Wood zero zero two at gmail Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer twenty twenty at gmail.com.
2: Thank you and God bless.